It's time for First Voices Radio with Tilkison Ghost Horse. Please stay tuned. What makes you such a threat? We choose the right to be who we are. We know the difference between the reality of freedom and the illusion of freedom. There's a way to live with Earth and a way not to live with Earth. We choose the way of Earth. It's about power. Chasha. Greetings and good day and welcome my relatives. I shake your hands with a good heart. It's good for all of us to be here. Look to the forever ones and let's acknowledge relationship to all. Life giving force to the moon and the sun and the stars and wake up now relations and today will be a good day. And you are listening to First Voices Radio and Teokasin Ghost Horse sending you greetings and strength from the highlands of the Esopus or the Catskill Mountains in the lands of the Muncie speaking Lenape. This is an all-native hosted I'll need to produce First Voices Radio, and Liz Hill from the Red Lake Ojibwe Nation is a producer of First Voices Radio. Our guest today is Marley Shebela, who is Dene and Ashiwi, or Zuni, is an investigative journalist, photographer, videographer, and blogger. In the Dene, where she is, water flows together clan. Her mother's clan was born from Chaal, which is Frog Clan which is her father's clan. Her mother is from Lake Valley, New Mexico, which is in the eastern part of the Navajo Nation and next to Chaco Canyon, New Mexico. Her father is from the Pueblo of Zuni, New Mexico. Her hometowns are Lake Valley and Zuni. Her website is Resourcesandinfocenter.org. That's spelled D-I-N-E, resourcesandinfocenter.org. She also hosted a... a an internet news show called Politics on the Navajo Nation. She's available for free presentations on the benefits of a free and open press in Indian country and how to achieve accurate and fair news coverage of the Navajo Nation and Indian country. She's won several awards from state and national organizations over the more than 30 years she has been in journalism. I'd like to welcome Marley Shebela to First Voices Radio. And this edition we're going to talk about 
White House scrambles as the Navajo Nation protests transport of George Washington, JFK, and other remains to, quote-unquote, sacred moon. And I'm quoting the New York Times, and I'm quoting the New York Post. The Navajo Nation is trying to ground the first commercial burials in space, insisting that the plan to memorialize humans on the moon will turn a place sacred to Native religions in the waste state. The Biden administration stepped in Friday to defuse a brewing star war, CNN reported, calling a hasty White House meeting ahead of the scheduled Monday launch of a rocket set to send the remains of George Washington, John F. Kennedy, and a constellation of Star Trek idols into space. The moon holds a sacred place in Navajo cosmology, said Navajo President Boo Nigren. It's spelled B-U-U-N-Y-G-R-E-N. The suggestion of transforming it into a resting place for human remains is deeply disturbing and unacceptable to our people. We're turning the moon into a graveyard and we're turning it into a waste site, said Justin Ahashtin of the Navajo's Washington office. The two-stage Vulcan Centaur rocket has been packed with the remains of 333 people, including the late Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry, his wife, recurring cast member Majel Barrett Roddenberry, several fellow USS Enterprise actors, and others whose families paid for the privilege. Hair samples from three U.S. presidents, Washington, JFK, and Dwight D. Eisenhower are also on board, courtesy of Celestis, a privately owned space burial company. We reject the assertion that our memorial spaceflight mission that desecrates the moon, said Celestis CEO Charles Chafer. Our memorial on the moon is handled with care and reverence. No one and no religion owns the moon. A six-foot-tall, eight-foot-wide peregrine lunar lander will drop 62 sets of human remains packed separately in titanium capsules on the moon's surface. The rest will continue to, into deep space to, to orbit around the sun. The moon holds a sacred place in Navajo cosmology, said Navajo President Boo Nigren. So here to talk about that is our guest, Marley Shebala. But first of all, I want to welcome you to First Voices Radio, Marley. Thank you for joining us again. Oh, thank you for inviting me again. Thank you. Yeah. And so the question would be there, what is it that brought this, all of a sudden there needed to be a meeting to defuse the brewing of Star War or, or you know, Star Wars, as CNN reported, and the White House meeting ahead of the scheduled Monday launch this past Monday, January 8th, I believe it was. And now they have actually tried to, they have launched it, but then they found that there was something wrong with the rocket. So would you, do you fill us in from that article by the New York Post? The announcement by Navajo Nation President Boo Nigren regarding sending of human remains up to the moon was was unexpected. And then from his press release, you know, learned that this has been going on for quite a while, something that the very wealthy are doing. And back, I think it might have been in 2016, when then President Albert Hale was in office, There, I did a story in a way, it was kind of similar. It deals with how we exist as indigenous people. And in the same way that you were talking about that, we all have, we all have understanding for 
for what is 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 life. And that's something that um, our non-Indigenous relatives just don't understand, can't understand or don't want to understand or I don't know. Um, we've been here with them for how many years now? And it's just, um, I it, it becomes very frustrating because this issue of human remains being placed where they shouldn't be is something that the late Cleve Benali actually spoke about. And the president issued a statement about his passing. He was a young um, Diné activist who lived near the San Francisco Peak Stokoslid. And he was out there, you know, we've always brought up about using human remains where they should not be. And the Flagstaff, city of Flagstaff was using, um, wanted to make snow and, and they were going to mix it with with water that came from discharge and, and among it came from hospitals. And so that you were, we were talking about human remains again, and he was. And that's something that all of Indian nations here, indigenous nations have spoke about, is um, the proper way to dispose of our relatives. And and we do it, we, we have to do it in, in our own ceremonial way. Because we're talking about two worlds here. One world is here where we're talking and we're alive. The other world, they're also doing the same thing, but they passed on. And the respect comes from understanding that life is, is, is powerful and, and the same with death. Because it's another extension of our life. We go into the next world. So we're talking about something that's very dangerous and serious. And we've said that since day one. And one of the, back then in 2016, when I did the story, I was contacted by an, an elderly Deneh woman. She was an herbalist. And somehow she had heard about that they were going to be sending up a pilot. And he was black and he was going to the moon and he was going to be taking the Navajo Nation flag and I don't know if it was a Hatatli or it was an herbalist or where, you know, among our our healers that one went in used tadadine, which is corn pollen, which we only use and we have cornmeal and, and then we have the tadadine. And so the tadadine is even more of an offering that you would give. And so that that was put on that the Navajo Nation flag and it was going to be given to this pilot to go to the moon. And she had found out about it and talked to me. And so I, I'm not an expert in any of this. You know, I'm not a Hatatli. I'm not a Natani. And those words are, have carry a lot of meaning because it, it talks about your knowledge of ceremonies, um, protection way, and also, um, the ones for healing, and then also the ones for celebration for life, you know, childbirth and that. So I had to reach out and and ask, how do I do this story? And um, I was told, you know, I need to go find someone who is my same clan that's a Hatothli, and there's someone that's over here in this place. You should go over there. This is what you need to take with you, and this is how you conduct yourself. And so I went and did that. And I was told, you know, the story um, about that ceremonies and and why, you know, we're not supposed to do, 
be sending up human remains to that part of the world. And it also deals with Tadadine, that Tadadine is, is not for that world, it's for this world. Because it deals with, with life. And, and when someone passes on, you don't use Tadadine. And, and, and that's what I mean. We have, we're, we're, these are teachings that are natural laws. And because they're natural laws and, we've, and we carry them with us from the day we're born, Tadadine is put, in, into our, put on our tongue. We have to conduct ourselves in that way. You know, it's just, that's just the way it is. And that's why we exist. And that's why we still speak our language. And that's why we still have our own hairstyles. And we all do these things, even though they tried exterminating us, like they're trying to exterminate our Palestinian relatives. I mean, and they continue to do this. And this is this is another way. And they don't understand it. But, you know, there are also, like I said, healing ceremonies. And there are those Hatafis to make those corrections the first one is to reach out and to try to talk. And that's based on, you know, what we all have, what we all have as indigenous nations here, which is our peacemaking. That's how we coexisted here with our different languages and our, our you know, our, our different way of prayer. But it was all the same, you know what I mean, about our beliefs, spirituality and understanding what is alive. You know, that life is all around us. Everything is sacred and especially life. Life is sacred. And so is is death, you know, that is sacred. And you have to have the understanding and and you can't explain it to, to, to the New York Times. <laughs> I mean, they won't even stand by their journalists who support a ceasefire. And that's about our, our lives. That's sacred life. Marley, you explained a very dimensional way of knowledge. And, you know, that goes deep within the nations. And the article tends to look at just the Navajo. And it's true because because the Navajo are echoing what other nations are also feeling and knowing that when you said world, that involves the cosmology of Earth and stars and the moon, especially. And when I think about how deep space that we have within our cosmology as Native people and our languages, especially... And how that is, again, I'll go back to the ridiculing of of how they they entered their rebuttal to this is that when they said that we have religion and then they, then they gave it back to us in 1978, as you know, is that they also said that the moon doesn't belong to one religion. So therefore, to me, that already dismissed us because we know we don't have religion because it's beyond that concept the reverence that we have as, as Native people, but also there are other people. Even way back in 1969, and I know from my studies earlier, that also the Hopi said that the grandmother moon, and I heard something along the line, um, and I read it and I heard it from elders that you don't send, the eagle has landed on the moon, the eagle landed there and scratched the, the, the grandmother's face and brought rocks back to earth. And in 1969, it was a very, very um, volatile, tumultuous year. And also civil rights activists also are pro protesting the moon landing back then, because as we mentioned, as you mentioned earlier, is the privilege that they have, the rich people, the privilege they have is just to, to do this. 
Well, meanwhile, there are people uh, starving on Earth and there's wars going on and they're they're just doing this. It's almost like they're ignoring the human being side of the whole story. So I know other peoples have protested. This is just not native people. So what I'm going to ask you is, you know, what what happens? Because we know now that that the failure of the lander's propulsion system, um, the so-called Vulcan uh, rocket that was shot up, something went wrong. They're they're going to be basically floating in space, and I know part of that moon creation story is part of the Navajo story too. And would you elaborate on that? We don't have such things as superstition. That we we have been we are echoing our ancestors, and and I think that's what you were talking about when they say that we have the understanding. And maybe that's what they're searching for, in a sense. That would be the question. Well, you know, you really have to look at their upbringing, you know. And, and that's why I was talking about um, how we're raised, you know, as indigenous nations, as indigenous people. From the moment conception is made, there are ceremonies that are done. And then, you know, when the child is born, like I said, you know, the first thing you, you to put tetadine on on their mouth to introduce them, you know, and welcome them, and and that's how we we look at you know all of us. We all do things in this way to welcome our children, and that statement that you made, where they say that as the nef we don't, no one owns or we don't own the moon. Well, in the same sense, you know. They don't either, you know, um, and so what gave them the right to send um, human remains up there when it affects the whole world? And and not just when I say world, we'll immediately think of humans. We don't think of the four-leggeds, the ones that crawl, the ones that fly, the ones that live in the water, the the trees, the, the rivers, the snow, the rain, the heat, all of that, all of that is life. And they disconnected themselves from the environment. And now they're trying to reconnect themselves because they're afraid to die. And and the reason they're afraid to die is because they, they all think they're going to hell. <laughs> I'm not mm-hmm. laughing about that. I mentioned that. But anyway, it's just kind of ridiculous because we don't yeah. live, we don't believe in hell, you know? But yeah. that's what that's what their driving force is for their for their religion is fear. You know, mm-hmm. they came here and told us, if you do not believe in our way of prayer, you're going to go to hell. And to save you from going to hell, we're going to kill you so that, you know, you're you're innocent and we're going to pray over you. And, and therefore, you know, you're going to go to heaven. You won't go to hell. The rationale is very it's very unhealthy, you know. And so you have to try to figure out how to reason with an unhealthy mind. And after a while, it's like, this, this, this is just a waste of time. You know, um, I need to tend to my children, my own babies. I need to make sure that they're protected from these unhealthy minds, that they grow strong and they know how to make these corrections to protect themselves. And what you're asking about is that mindset to change and and now we're realizing, yes, you know, we can we, we can continue our way of life, but they have 
just the way, you know, I, I listen to what they say about the Palestinians and the justification for, for killing babies. That just hurts hard because of how we treat our babies. But that's how they treated our babies when they first came here, you know? We have to remember that. They have to realize, you know, they have to look in that mirror and save their, their children. You know, they wonder why, you know, they have all these problems with homelessness. And we're getting to that point. <clears throat> and we better wake up and and um, start looking at helping our children. That's what I mean, you know? We're talking about trying to correct this other group. <clears throat> you know, there are relatives, but um, I mean, if they're not going to listen to us and we need to have our children that are out there, you know, homeless, and this is affecting them, then, you know, we need to focus on them. And and uh, Navajo Nation President Boone Nigren should do that. So should the Navajo, the National Congress of American Indians, Native American Rights Fund, should all start speaking up loud, very loud, just how they're speaking up for the Palestinians to, you know, take care of our babies. Make sure, you know, they don't continue to be missing and murdered. We only have 50 domestic violence shelters in all of our 500 nations here. How many have runaway shelters? You know, this is, is something that I've been thinking about. And when you when you call me, I thought, yeah, this is much more than that because this has been going on and we have been trying and trying and trying. This is more than just a question that I've asked and you're correct. And there's, it's been going on before and it's just not some reactive to say, stop that, that's bad, that's not going to happen. Um, but also when you go into the logic, the, the logic that they're looking at for mechanical reasons while we're looking at that at spiritual reasons. And that has separated from the goodness. I think this, this country maybe could have had, or maybe still has. And you go back to the birthing, the, the babies. Now it doesn't matter where, if they're babies, then that's just a no, no, you don't do that to babies. And to define it through religion, which one is right or which one is wrong. Well, we have that uh, experience here as Native people because they told us our spirituality, our, our way of our cultures, our language, everything about who we are as Native people is wrong because it doesn't fit in the box of their confession box, so to speak. Do you see signs, even in our young people, being able to see it the way the elders do and, and our, our young people actually echoing our elders like I hear in your voice. They are. They really are. And there was a young man, Clee Benali, and it, he was the one that has never stopped trying to protect uh, lead, the San Francisco Peaks, which are near Flagstaff. And I'm Ashawi and, and Deneh, my aunt, Deneh is Navajo. My mom was Deneh, my dad was Ashawi Zuni. And Zuni way also, you know, we go and we, and we pray there. 
at San Francisco Peaks, and so do you know our Hopi relatives and uh, and most of the tribes around here in the Southwest. And we all came together and said the same thing. Went to court, fought in that way, and this young man kept leading the way. He chained himself to one of their huge machines and, and went to court. And and there are young people that he inspired, and they're continuing his work. And we need to support our young people in that way, you know. That that's how we we give them respect and tell them, yes, you know, you stay on on this um on this good road, the Tadadine Road. Yes, it's 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 hard, it's difficult, it's frustrating, but it's good. It's filled with love too, you know. And we need to do that and tell our young people, yes, you stand up for the homeland. And our homeland is this whole entire USA. Yes. We've always been that way, you know? We didn't care who came here, who lived here. That's the way we were, we, where our mind is, you know? We get up in the morning and we don't start talking trash. You know, we get up and we're supposed to pray and be positive and talk positive way. That's, mm. that's how we start our day. Marley, what do you think about this? Is when we understood that our language at one time didn't have lie or lying in it, and it seems impossible, but that mm-hmm. it, it's a sickness, it's a weakness, and the fact that we weren't immune, so we believed everything that they that they brought over in on the ships and what they said about themselves. So we believed them, we trusted that our languages were based with earth about from earth and earth is true and she doesn't lie. So therefore the languages are true to that earth to earth. And when we had to understand in different concepts about religion, about government, about science is that there was a lot of deception in that. And we didn't have the immunity to the lying. What do you think about that? I I know this is reaching out and maybe beyond what we're talking about, but really it is about what we're talking about, that um, they've been ill for quite a long while, so they don't respect much of the earth, they don't respect much of the moon, cosmology of peoples who have existed and still sustain themselves and maintain themselves through these tried and true ways that are beyond any measurement that they can measure how long we've been here or what, what not, but time immemorial. And I'll be asking that question again as we begin the second half. And you are listening to First Voices Radio. My name is Teokasan Ghost Horse. We are interviewing Marley Shibala of the Dene people. Let's wait for that to come back. And meanwhile, let's do this. Love that's a real 
take your soul and you can't turn around Leave your money down One up your sleeve might get you two in the chest Hurting your heart but baby knows best And when she comes around You lay your money down Thank you for coming back to listen to First Voices Radio in the second half with Marley Shibala Adene Ashiwi Orzuni, an investigative journalist, photographer, and videographer, and blogger. And we are talking about the article, Sending Remains of Humans, such as Washington President of the United States, Dwight Eisenhower, and John F. Kennedy. Strands, hair strands to the moon and 333 people's remains as far as ashes to the moon to bury them there. So we were talking about the dichotomy, so to speak, of human beings living in different realities. I ended the last first half with this question and I begin it with this question. There it is. So thank you for joining us again. My name is Tioka Sengostors, First Voices Radio. What do you think about that, that we didn't have the immunity to the lie? Within us is, is always the existence of, of good and evil. And that's our teachings. And, and we're taught to, you know, we make the decision of which one we're going to feed. And, and that's why we talk about balance. So that you... You have that balance, you know, you 
acknowledge, you know, um, the positive and the negative in making your choices. And those are in our teachings, in our history. And the closest I can compare it to are Aesop's fab fables or even the um, Greek um, gods and goddesses, you know. We have those, all of us in indigenous nations. We have those um, creation stories, history, not legends, not fables. They are our history. This is who we are. This is how we've existed. This is how we are going to survive. We, those teachings, that's what I mean about, you know, the tadidin and, and how we welcome our, our babies. But we also recognize that sometimes in life there is something that happens for there are reasons why there's no such thing as coincidence. And so therefore there are these prayers that can be done, these herbs that are here. And we're taught this through our ceremonies. And in there is also, you know, if the child has to be removed. So we understood that there's some in life, there's positive and negative, but the basis of how we conduct ourselves as humans, as relatives. And that's how we conducted ourselves. We we saw them and we were welcoming them. We didn't stay here on this side of the world. We traveled. We went over across, you know, the Bering Strait and down south as far as we could go to see what other relatives were there. We didn't go out saying, let's go conquer land, get more land, you know, get more slaves. That wasn't our mentality. It was let's go over there and see what relatives we have, see what's, what other life is over there. And then we came back, you know, after years with, with family, with, with, with more knowledge. And there was an exchange there, you know? And, and that's what we thought was going on because that's what we had been doing over here. And that's in our, that's in our history that we know this. This is something that some of them have learned. And that's why you have this outcry from them to cease fire, even though Biden and the world leaders are saying no. That's what I'm talking about is, is, is leadership and knowing how to, when something, a question comes up like this, knowing how to conduct yourself and how to reach a place where you know um, will be best for, for the babies. For the four-legged babies, for the ones that crawl, you know, for the ones that live in the water, for the winged ones, for the trees, you know. All of life has babies, you know. That's that's how, you know, life begins. The winter is going to end and what comes after after winter? We have mm -hmm. spring and life is going to begin and we start looking outside and we're going to see, you know, grass coming up. And and it's, it's just not going to snow goes away and all of a sudden there's the grass, you know. Mm -hmm. It comes from babies. It comes from life. It comes from Mother Earth. And and we're taught that. And and Mother Earth is our mother. And, and we're how do we how are we taught? How are we taught to treat our mother? The mother is, is where the baby comes from. And and they knew when they first came here how to remove us and they're showing it again. They're killing the mothers, the pregnant mothers. They're killing the babies. They're killing the children. Congress still has in its halls, the only good Indian is a dead Indian. 
That's the leadership. I'm not going to hold the people accountable because they're trying to understand. We need to take care of our babies, you know. We need to take care of our babies because this, what they're doing is affecting them. And we told them these these prophecies. If you do this, this will happen. And it's not meant as a threat. It's meant to say, hey, if you, you know, that stove is hot. If you put your hands on it, you're going to burn yourself. But hey, sometimes you go over there and you burn yourself. Right. But then it's like, okay, here's the healing ceremony, you know, and, and you learn the hard way, but you wonder why they won't learn when you tell them. So we have all of this there for us. If we remember, mm-hmm. it's there for us. It's in our language. Our, our language in our teachings, our language is from our sacred holy beings. Where mm-hmm. we were, this is the language of the holy ones. So we're taught also to be careful how we use our language. This is very, very good. And thank you for this, you know, knowledge and, and wisdom, if that's what it is. I think it's common sense to a lot of us as Native people. But maybe that's the ingredient that's missing. And this is why they just want to just, okay, what do we do with our money? And the last person supposedly to walk on the moon and was in December of 1972. And now now they left junk up there. And there's more junk there. They all, always... And I think it was 2018, they sent a, a rocket up there to explode the moon to see if there was water underneath. So they've done a lot of things. And now they're sending the remains of uh, presidents and other people who are well-to-do and, you know, science fiction. But it all comes back down to they derive the, the resources, the, the, the rocks, the minerals, uh, anything that they can make the rocket to land on the moon. And yet there's no consulting, even when they take it out of the ground. And, and we alluded to that. But um, I think that part of understanding, even in how they report things in New York Times, that this uh, malfunction of the spacecraft that was, the launch was flawless as it went into orbit. But when it started going towards the moon, it, it just, the system failed. And a lot of people would say, uh, oh, that's, that's the, the Navajo Nation or the Native people saying, we told you so, and you you also said something about the the prophecies. And yes, the prophecies are not punitive; these are tried and true. We've been through them before, and we're just telling you that if you you choose this, this is going to happen. If you choose that, then you know then we make decisions from that. And I think that's having to do with history here in the U.S. or there's what called so-called U.S. But in Turtle Island. There's a lot that is unheard of, unknown. There's a lot of fear in in what they find out about what we do know as Native people. And I think it comes back down to that grieving process that they've lost their spiritual umbilical cord to knowing who they are. And therefore, they try to cancel our cultures in a sense. So that, in a way, that's a comment, that's a question, Marley. And I think that for any thoughts you have left. You know, uh, when you were talking about how they conduct themselves and um, our our teachings, you know, and and we we say that if you go to a, a point where you where you take a life and you really are doing evil, and and you're taking that life just to take the life for personal gain, materialism, then to balance it out, the taking of that life, 
the one that you love the most, that that's the one you're sacrificing. That's when we talk about a balance. So you have to be careful. This is not something to play around with. And when you talk about something like this, you have to you have to walk that path and not be talking about these ways to gain popularity or fame. These are teachings to continue life, not for material gain or personal gain. And and I want to Again, you know, I've always called for and prayed for uh, peace on Mother Earth for, for all of life. I love pets. <laughs> I have dogs. I have livestock. <laughs> this is that um, idea that, you know, we always pray. And I, I put it differently, Marley, and it doesn't mean that it is, you know, I'm going against what you're saying. But it's, it's I, I prefer peace with Earth. In a sense that that's our my job, at least, and this is what I was told, is that we've always strived and strived and basically not succeeded as peace on Earth. Because look what's happening around the world. And that's just a human frailty we have. But if we had, if we look at it differently, peace with Earth, then I would think that's what our ancestors were saying. We le- we're still learning how to live with Earth and that is good for what it is. And there's all kinds of ways to understand peace. But, you know, to know peace and to actually live it is is difficult for all of us. And and I think uh, I honor you in, in offering your generosity, your generous spirit, so that people can hear that from Turtle Island. It's, it's uh, <clears throat> a voice that we need out here in the world, supposedly. And I thank you for being here, Marley. Any last thoughts do you have? What, what you brought up about about um, peace with Earth, that's what I mean, is is understanding, you know, and, and listening. And not right away, you know, as I'm listening, thinking of ways to, you know, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm not going to say this one. It's like really listening to you, you know, and why you are saying that. And that's what, that's our teachings, you know, to do that, to listen. And, and that's, listening is not, is not while you're, while you're listening to the person making these assumptions, these thoughts, you know, you have to really listen. And, and, and so you, what you, what, we're talking about is basically listening to life, to Mother Earth, to the cosmology, because that's all our teachings. We we have our we've always had our our government, our, our way of governing ourselves, our hospitals, our astrology. We knew what was up there in the moon, you know, and and around everywhere, you know. We know these things, and we told them about it, and. And they they called us witches and killed us, and and they still use that term, you know, superstition, you know, taboo, and and that's just you know their way of uh, being afraid, because if they really understood, then they would understand why they can't be conducting themselves the way that their leadership is doing. Biden would not be doing that, Netanyahu would not be doing that either, I and mean, neither would any of the other leadership. 
And that's what I'm talking about is you have to have that leadership that understands how to go about when these issues come up because they do come up. They've always come up for all of us. But we were able to maintain ourselves in this, all of us indigenous ways because we had that strength in our prayer and we need our language is our prayer. So returning to our language, you know, our way of life, teaching our history and sharing so we don't have unsheltered relatives. We don't have our, our young people out there, our veterans on the streets. We're, we take care of our, our relatives. We need to do that and respect the sacred and defend the sacred. Respect the sacred, defend the sacred. We're talking with Marley Shabala, Udine and Zuni, an investigative journalist, photographer, videographer, blogger. And I'd like to thank you for being here. Anybody who's, who's an elder and who's speaking, we need to listen to you carefully, to him or her carefully. And I, I would like to think that that's what I did with you, Marley, Shabala. And just want to again thank you for being here on First Voices Radio. It's, it's an honor, just as it was last time. Thank you for being here. Oh, yes. I, I really appreciate you um, inviting me onto your show to talk about this because it, it is. It's, it's huge and we need to, to not be afraid to or not to think that our words are going to offend anyone so we shouldn't say them because mm-hmm. what I'm talking about is something that not coming from me these are teachings you know they're meant to be shared
It's like severing our relationship to power is the objective. Our use of our intelligence, see, and our coherency. So all this cloudy is created, this illusion, because really it is. Crazy or said we live in the shadow of the real world, see, and we really, really do. Under the male dominator creator theory, see, all spiritual value really is removed away from the earth. So the earth isn't your mother anymore. The earth is the dominion and property of this new God, and you are to subdue it. See, that's like Martians landing. It really is, see, because it's a completely different perceptional reality. Going from caring for the earth, all right, to dominating the earth. And incidentally, you know, as a part of this process, see, you, incidentally, you created a moral crime for being born. So therefore, you have to listen to the authority of this new male God because you made a crime for being here. You see, before, before that was brought here, life was a gift. So when, when you were born, it was like an exchange of gifts, a, a gift to a gift. And even dying was like a gift because it was, once again, it was an exchange of life because we were part of a spiritual reality as physical beings. But anyway, this other thing, see, changed about there was something wrong with us for being born. See, and it's maybe a big thing. Or See, to me, I think it's a major thing because, see, the first time that human being gets this, that they're guilty, all right, for being born, it alters their perception of self. It alters them from seeing themselves from the reality of who they are because they're picking up someone's illusion and they're viewing themselves through the illusion. And the way that that illusion seems to work, see, people don't learn from their guilt. They just make new guilts. See, so it, to me, in the end, it becomes a deal about irresponsibility. So even though all the words are being said, see, it's an irresponsible behavior. It's an irresponsible behavior because we are responsible for what we do. But when they condition us to feel guilty, and then we have to listen to their chain of command and be submissive to them, we are not taking responsibility. And we are not showing respect to our Creator, whoever it is, all right, for the gift of intelligence and life. That was Spatial Moon with John Judell from the album in 2016, Somewhere In There, by myself and a few other close musician friends in New York City. And um, also you can find, again, uh, Marley Shabala, the Navajo Dene journalist we interviewed, at Dene Resources and Info Center.org. That's D-I-N-E, that's Dene Resources and Info Center.org. I would like to say, First Voices Radio, Palamiape, we appreciate you for all for all listening. And and um, I will see you again eventually, surely. And you've been listening to First Voices Radio, and I'm Tioksen Ghost Horse. Maybe.
Yeah.